0: Uh, by Geraldine Herbert before I talk to uh, Geraldine about matters motoring uh, just uh, a couple of comments as a therapist myself working in Dublin I have many children coming to me with anxiety and many parents speak about horse riding as one of their hobbies but also in a therapeutic sense for their children and it's really amazing Georgia Lillis is an incredible young lady listening to her on radio and what she's been through uh, what a story and now dedicating herself to helping other children uh, She is an amazing young woman and I will be donating. Um, Me and my wife are two professionals working who are blessed to have a house and a wonderful one-year-old. We have a budget and we stick to it. We have a fantastic and reasonable childminder, but we can't save. We have to live month to month. Having a second kid, as much as we'd like to, would be financial suicide. Uh, pre-teenagers can be hardship. Beware. Mobile phones, iPads and secondary schools, more screens are influencing the 12 pluses and the demands uh, to go to 12 plus discos that us parents don't agree with. It's tough. Lots of conflict and kids show no appreciation when influenced by classmates and TikTok. They're all on it. All copy all. It's torture to parents. Beginning to see my childless friends... Uh, that they have it handy. So think twice before, kids. See the full picture. So there you are. And by the way, Tom Walsh, we talked about his walk for diabetes uh, earlier on, uh, and I mentioned that they've raised a lot of money. Um, Tom's been on to thank me for mentioning him, but also to tell me that uh, they actually raised 180000 this year, and over the years of the walk, they've raised over £4 For the diabetes centre in Crumlin, which is an amazing achievement. Now, um, Geraldine Herbert, good morning.
1: Good morning, Pat.
0: Lots to talk about today. Um, you've been looking at the the world's coolest bike tunnel.
1: This is incredible. I actually tweeted out um, a video of it that was on the Euronews uh, website. It's it's amazing and it's in, it basically links, now I don't know how to pronounce it, I think it's at um, a, um, a, a suburb of Bergen, to Bergen. And before this, the only way that cyclists could actually get into Bergen was to go up a 477 metre Climb or go around it, so now they were they were putting in a railway, and they decided for another twenty eight million. I love the way they can do this for quite a small amount of money, they would add on this pedestrian and cycling tunnel, yeah. so it's nearly three kilometers yeah they
0: needed to have a tunnel for an escape anyway, so a, a small yeah. parallel tunnel uh, so there if there was a disaster in the in the tunnel that people passengers could mm. escape, and they said, well, why not make it a bigger tunnel? slightly bigger, so mm. we have an escape route and a cycleway.
1: A cycleway. And the amazing thing about it is it not only shaves 15 minutes off the journey, it obviously makes it much more comfortable because apparently Bergen has an awful lot of wet weather. So, you know, you can cruise along for these three kilometres. So it looks absolutely amazing. So I thought it was a great idea. And apparently, what I thought was interesting as well is when we think of Norway, we think, I suppose, of Oslo and cities that are virtually car-free. But Bergen is actually quite car-dependent. So this is like a mm. move back towards cycling, which they've actually put on the back burner since the 60s. Yeah. So an interesting they, one. They
0: spread out in suburban sprawl. That was mm. their their, their problem, the, yeah. the centre of Bergen being quite tight. Now, Rishi Sunak has done a U-turn on the abolition of petrol and diesel. Uh, well, he's extended uh, the mm. the allowance to continue it until 2035 instead of 2030 and has put the industry into a tailspin.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's hard to see what what he, gain, what he thinks he's going to gain by this. Um, it's a huge gamble and he has infuriated, rightly so, the, um, the car industry because industries of all across the world need certainty. That's the one thing they need to be able to plan and only two months ago apparently he was reassuring BMW that this was set in stone and it was partly why they decided to invest um, £600 million in in their Oxford plant so to build the electric, to electric mini, mini. Yeah. on the basis of this and now he has turned around and said you know what we'll go with 2035 and his justification for it was completely bizarre that it was for you know the average working class person it was to ease the burden from them. These people were never going to buy new cars anyway so why did it matter if the election is the coming, quite people. simple.
0: And they saw what happened in, in London with the extension of, of the uh, the penalties, the the charge.
1: Yeah, but the thing about it is I think that was just a knee-jerk reaction. I think they're confusing air pollution zones and green agenda. I mean, any of the polling in the UK has said that people are behind... The Green Initiative. So I think he's alienated young voters, obviously. And he's also alienated the wealthy yeah. Tories who've bought electric cars. And uh, you,
0: you've been watching, obviously, the way cars are coming on stream and we'll talk about Chinese cars in a moment. But they are getting cheaper uh, mm-hmm. as new cars. And then if you hang on to a car you buy today, in five years' time, you put it into the second-hand market, which will be 2028 So there will be a burgeoning secondhand market for people who can't quite make the the price of a new car.
1: Not only that, though, nobody was under any onus or any obligation to buy an electric car. So the idea that this was to relieve people is ridiculous. And then his argument was that, you know, we leave it to the consumer to make the decision and not industry. Well, the consumer will make the decision anyway, but industry has made the decision. They're moving towards this deadline. And Nissan have
0: reaffirmed they're not going to be flogging petrol or diesel after 2030.
1: And most car companies are the same. If they're not saying 100% sales in Europe by 2030, they're certainly saying 70 and 80%. So the industry is going one way and he has now decided to take this big gamble and go the other. So quite an extraordinary move in terms of what he can gain.
0: Meanwhile, in America, the auto industry is on strike. Yes. And Joe Biden turns up on the picket line, the president.
1: Yeah, this is the biggest strike in an 80-year history because it's the first time that you have Stellantis, which are obviously the parent company of Jeep and Chrysler. You have GM and you have Ford and all of the workers are on strike. Now, they're on strike for a 40% pay increase. And this is what the CEOs have given themselves in the last four years. So, I mean, they have very good grounds for this. But quite unprecedentedly, this area in America has become now the battleground for the next presidential election. Um, Biden, as you said, turned up on Tuesday and was the first president ever to go on the picket line and is firmly in the on the side of the workers. But then, he has
0: been a union man all his life.
1: Yeah, and he claimed that this was going to be the most friendly presidency of the of union, the most union-friendly presidency ever. So he's proved that by going on the picket line. But then Trump turned up last night. and of course, Trump is never going to be in favour of the union. So he's walking that kind of delicate balance. But his, he claims that the enemy is the electric car. The electric car is stealing the workers, <laughs> stealing all these skills. It's stealing all their money. And this was his claim. So.
0: Yeah, but they will be making electric cars. That's the truth of it. Um, uh, you know, maybe not quite the same workforce, but that's... That's what's going to happen. The Chinese are coming as well. Now, the Americans have tried to resist the influx of Chinese cars, but they will be there.
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. And no matter how many tariffs they put on them, they're still going to be there. But this is the interesting thing as well, because um, Trump is using this against Biden and he's saying that Biden is indirectly supporting the Chinese industry by giving all of these credits towards, you know, electric cars and that by funding the likes of Tesla, who actually build cars in China, that he's supporting China. And there's all this whole thing has been muddied now. The waters are about China and electric cars and Biden's support.
0: Now, uh, two things, uh, that uh, breath test device that uh, they're going to recommend be fitted. Have you come across this at all?
1: Um, in cars and that you yeah. can't. This has been floating around for a very long time and is in a lot of um, commercial vehicles in Sweden. But again, it's it's one of those things they could do, but there's lots of talk. Mm. It's but now no. been
0: included in the priorities of Minister of State for Road Safety, Jack Chambers. Now, what what does that mean? I don't know.
1: Yeah again I should be on a list of things but I I don't know if if we'll see it happening here it's 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 a good idea certainly for you know for um professional drivers possibly but again it's it's a, on a long list of things
0: Yeah and you get your child to blow under the yoke first before you start the car you know But there's always around it yeah always. Now what about the idea of taxing SUVs
1: based on their weight this again has been going around for a long time it was originally introduced in France two years ago it's been it really hasn't done a huge amount in France it's very much been virtue signaling and the reason being is that electric cars are excluded hybrid cars are excluded families with three or more children are excluded and it's got a very high threshold so it's 1800 kilos now this was because the car industry in France lobbied to have it that high so very few cars actually fall into that catchment Um, so as I said it's very much virtue signaling it doesn't do a whole lot there is talk of changing the threshold but at the moment and um, that's how it operates. Now in Norway it operates that it actually does tax electric cars but then they have a huge number of electric cars. I think up to 80% of new cars sold in Norway are electric cars so they couldn't actually bring in a way tax and not include electric cars yeah. but they're in a position that they can do that. I can't see us being able to tax electric cars because we can't even sell enough.
0: Yeah and, and then if you uh, think about people who need transportation maybe for three children whatever and they have to buy a second hand car because that's all they can afford Mm -hmm. and SUVs you know expensive cars but they still need that kind of transport and they will feel penalised I can't see a government introducing this
1: can you? No. And the thing about it is, it's only going to go on new cars. But I mean, we have a polluter pays motor tax system at the moment. If you buy a large car that is highly emitting, you're paying more tax anyway. So I don't see, I think if this is going to be addressed at all, it'll be addressed on a European scale. There's various different ways that through various loopholes, the EU are rewarding um, car manufacturers for actually making heavier vehicles. These loopholes could be closed. It'd be far more effective than us tinkering with our tax system.
0: Uh, why can't our planners think like Norway? Living in Navan, still no rail link to Dublin, and you can't move with cars at certain times of the day. When building the M3, why didn't they run the rail alongside it, like you see in Italy? They had acquired the land, had the machinery, the labour. That was a no-brainer, says Bart. Uh, we have heavily invested in two EVs and charged them from our PV panels. More should be done to encourage this initiative before 2030, as I watch cars uh, pluming out black smoke and negating all our efforts for a clean environment. Um, 19K for a replacement battery for a Volkswagen ID5. I'll stick with my diesel, thanks very much. Very rare to replace a car and that
1: sounds very expensive but very, very rare to replace a complete battery. They can be repaired if modules go wrong.
0: Uh, The government wants us to go electric which means heavy cars and as expensive to run as petrol and diesel. Now they want to tax the weight.
1: So, yeah, well, as I said, I don't see it happening, number one. And number two, they certainly won't be including EVs in any way tax in the foreseeable future.
0: Well, hopefully uh, that uh, the energy prices uh, will come down and electricity prices will go down. So home charging will still be a good way to go. Uh, all the EVs are only affordable on finance. Synthetic fuel is the only way replacing cars. Uh, that would be better in the long run. Um,
1: Synthetic fuel is not for the passenger cars. Aviation, it'll be used for stuff that cannot be electrified, but it's not a solution, no matter what the EU say about it, allowing it after 2035. Okay. Not a solution for passenger cars.
0: All right, Geraldine Herbert, motoring editor with the Sunday Independent. Uh, thank you very much for uh, joining us. The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk.